Okay, everybody, we're back. This is the second string, or not the I almost said the second string podcast. This is the Detroiter. Who am I kidding? I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We are covering sports in the Motor City as well as the Mitten State today, presented by the usual Detroit Sports Nation, DetroitSportsNation.com. Check them out. All your blog, YouTube, any content, Detroit, Michigan-based content needs, as well as the second string, all of your Michigan, Detroit-based content apparel. You like this? You like what the Lions did this weekend? How about that little number? How about this little thing? You're not going to find it anywhere else. Can't go to Nike. Can't go to Fanatics. You're not going to find this shit anywhere else. It's one of a kind. Got the vintage look, the vintage feel. It looks incredible. It's a compliment magnet. Honest to God. My, my biggest thing, like not even as a selling point, just a fact. It's just a fact of life that happens to me. Every time I wear these shirts, I live in California now. Listen, nobody here cares about the Detroit Lions. Nobody here cares about Detroit in general, Michigan State, none of that shit. None of the things I talk about on here or wear, like the sports wear, nobody cares. Every single time I wear one of my shirts outside of the house, grocery store, to the beach, taking a shit, doesn't matter. Anytime I wear one of these outside of the house, someone stops me and goes, whoa, whoa, where'd you get that? Whoa, I've never seen that before. Whoa. How'd you get, what'd you, you buy that? What happened? How, I need one. How do I get one? Every time I swear to God. And it, the best part is it's people who don't care about sports themselves. It's people that may not even care about Detroit. This guy I met from Philly. He's like, dude, you make that stuff. That's fucking awesome. He's an Eagles fan. He doesn't care about the lions and he still recognizes greatness when he sees it. So that's all I'm saying. Father's day is not really around the corner. Mother's day is if your mom's into sports where if your birthday's coming up, you're a Taurus is like I am. Um, go check it out. Anyways, moving on to the episode, huge, 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 huge episode this week. I recorded the last time I recorded, I believe was Monday or Tuesday of last week. It was after the Tigers just I like tried to lose that baseball game. I can't even remember who it was against anymore. Thank God. Cause I don't want to think about it, but it was the Tigers lowest of low um, Tampa Bay or Florida had just whooped the Red Wings asses. They're done with the season. Now it was bad. We hadn't had the draft yet. Jamison Williams wasn't a lion yet. Neither was Aiden Hutchinson. I was down bad. And like you guys know, if you've been following for a while now, you listen to the podcast or on TikTok, wherever, I'm pretty good at not being down bad. Like, I'm pretty good at, all right, it's fucking bad. Things suck. This isn't going how it's supposed to. But you know what? It's going to be okay. The rebuild's going according to plan. We got some young guys. I like the coach. Detroit makes great pizza. It's warming up outside. This, that, the other thing. I'm pretty good at the ha- the glass half full. I'm pretty good at the anti-doomsday Armageddon say. I'm pretty good at, yeah, it's been seven years that the Tigers have been rebuilding, but at least Torkelson's on the team. Uh, yeah, it's been seven years since the Red Wings started the rebuild, but at least Steve, Steve Eiserman's the GM. At least they fired Jeff Blashill. Woo! They might have finished ninth worst than the NHL this year. At least they got rid of their coach. I'm pretty good at that stuff usually. I just couldn't do it last week. I hit a boiling point. The way the Tigers lost that game, the Red Wings just getting their asses kicked, like murdered again for what feels like the millionth time since March. I had just had enough. And even still, like as I'm talking about it today, when I sit here and I say that out loud, like Red Wings, seven years. Tigers, it's been seven years. Pistons, it's been what, 13 years, 12 years. And to think that all of those franchises are still 
apparently in the heart of the rebuild with really, I mean, I guess there is an end in sight, but is there? The Red Wings this season, it was kind of like, all right, the end's in sight. They're not going to make the playoffs, but the end's in sight. By the end of the season, we're the eighth worst, ninth worst team in the NHL. Um, I, I mean, that's not great. Like next year certainly isn't the end, I don't think. The Tigers, they made some moves. They went out and got Javi Baez. They got an Austin Meadows. Like they did some things to make their team much better. Torkelson's up on the squad. Riley Green when he gets healthy. Mize, Manning, Scooble, they're all a year older. Like this Tigers team. The end is near. Guess what? They're the worst team in the American League. They just split again today with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, the only team in baseball worse than them. Nice, guys. They just split. Oh, and the only reason the Tigers won one of those games is because the Pirates made the most embarrassing error I've ever seen and gave up two runs. Really nice. Year seven of the rebuild. They went out and got some guys. They pushed their chips to the table and said, now we're going to be competitive. And they're the worst team in the American League. It still exists. It still is frustrating to say out loud, but we are going to be more positive vibes today. We will. Um, I don't want to live life as a negative vibes guy. Sports aside, I don't want to be the negative guy. Like nobody likes that guy. When you roll in and it's you're about to go out for the night, and it's like, oh, we're going to that bar. It's like, dude, like, come on, man. We're all going out. There's eight of us. We're all friends. We haven't seen each other in a while. Like, you should be happy with drinking in a hayfield. You're really going to complain about the bar? You go out to a restaurant. Oh, the bread wasn't great. Come on, dude. Bring your own fucking bread if that's such a problem. Like, dude, we're at the restaurant for the vibes, for conversation. You're going to complain about the bread? Right? You go, the pants. Ooh, they're a little lighter blue than I'd like. Dude. The donuts, a little too much glaze. Dude, just nobody wants. And I don't want to be the sports guy that starts every episode and talks only about, oh, it's year seven. They still stink. This sucks. Oh, it's the Lions. How could I ever believe in the Lions? They stink. They're the Lions. It's been 50 years. The Lions, like, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't think you want that. I don't think anyone wants that. I don't want to be around that person. I don't want to listen to the podcast of that person. I don't want to spend a fucking minute with that person, whatever it is they're complaining about, whatever it is they're negative about. I want to be in on the Detroit sports teams. I want to. That's all I ever have wanted in my life outside of a girlfriend, but that's never going to happen. All I want, what I want, Pacino is just Detroit sports to live up to where I see them in my head, to live up to these expectations, to where we have been saying and we think that they're going to go. And I'm going to keep doing it, and I'm going to keep buying in, at least to these current regimes, Steve Eiserman, Illigen Avila, I suppose, as well as Hinch, um, and then Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. I'm going to keep buying it. And Troy Weaver with the Pistons. I'm going to keep buying in. And I'm going to keep believing that it is, in fact, getting better. And it certainly will get better because I don't want to be the guy who's on the other side of that. Like, I understand the Lions more than any. Obviously, like the Red Wings have been one of the most successful franchises in the NHL. Um, the Pistons also probably like a top 10 most successful franchise in the NBA. They've had great years. Tigers have been successful at times as well. All three of those teams have done their like, fine, they're bad, but at least they've been great. The Lions, I get it. I fucking, dude, I've been a Lions fan for 24 years now. I get it. 
I don't want to continue that and perpetuate the, oh, it's the Lions. So since they haven't won since 1957, that means they're never going to win again. Since they haven't won a playoff game since 1991, means there's no possible way they could do it with Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. Because it's been 30 years means it won't happen for another 30. I don't want that. I can't stand when I read that shit, when I hear it, when I see it on the internet. Think back to last year, less than a year ago. Not so long when Dan Campbell, I believe the the, uh, the Lions started off, I went three, I believe we lost to San Francisco, I believe we lost to Green Bay, and I believe we lost to Baltimore. And I remember going on Twitter, as I do, and seeing clips of people bashing on Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes going, how am I supposed to believe in Dan Campbell? What about Dan Campbell should I put my eggs in his basket for? Why am I supposed to think Dan Campbell could win a playoff game here? Three games into his tenure, three games against the 49ers playoff team, Packers playoff team, and Ravens weren't a playoff team, but were very fucking close, underachieved the fact that they weren't a playoff team. Three games, three games into a tenure against three very good teams with a roster we knew was garbage. It wasn't the greatest show on turf that that started off 0-3. It was a dog shit roster that started 0-3. And I saw people, legitimately, people who were doing the same thing I am. They've got their podcasts and shows, and they want to be voices in Detroit, which is awesome. More power to them. I hope they make it. Those people were ready to, like, give up on Dan Campbell because he was 0-3 against those teams because they haven't won since 91. That's why you're just three games in ready to fucking toss in the towel. What? Because they haven't won a, a championship since 57. That's why three games Dan Campbell can't possibly be the guy. I just don't understand that mindset in anything. In anything. We talked about life, certainly not in football. What about being a Lions fan? Like a fan in general, why is it that you want to wake up every day with the mindset of, I'm going to look for any single reason why I can complain or point out or dissect the, these guys not being able to do it. I'm going to wake up today and just find any reason. Why Dan Campbell won't be able to get it done. Why do you want that to be your mentality? Why? I, I, I like truly, I don't understand. Wouldn't you much rather wake up every day and go, they had a great fucking draft. That move up for Jamison Williams was unbelievable. We fleeced the Minnesota Vikings, a divisional rival to take potentially the best wide receiver in the draft, assuming he comes back healthy. That's incredible work. We got the best pass rusher in the draft and maybe the best wide receiver in the draft. That's incredible. Why not wake up with that mindset? Why not wake up with the fact that, hey, Brad Holmes is two for two. Brad Holmes is two for two. The only thing you could complain about in this year's draft, and we'll get into it more, is uh, take a linebacker maybe. I wouldn't hate a quarterback on the roster. That's it. And those aren't glaring issues. Well, the linebacker thing, but there's still time to amend that, obviously. The quarterback, like finding your backup quarterback, isn't something that's going to make or break this season necessarily. And there's still time for that down the road. Why wouldn't you look at it as Brad Holmes just killed his second draft in a row? Dan Campbell's building a culture. These free agents, they get interviewed once they sign in Detroit. I can't, Collins, the guy who signed from Baltimore, I can't remember anyone's name. He, he's given quote like, yeah, I heard a guy, I heard, uh, or when we played Detroit, they had a bad record, but those guys were playing hard. He said, you could tell that they wanted to play for Dan Campbell. He could tell that Dan, playing for the opposing team, 
he could tell that Dan Campbell had those boys ready to go. Why wouldn't I wake up and focus on that? Why wouldn't I wake up and focus on that video of Dan Campbell talking to Tracy Walker and going, we're going to turn it around, man. And you're one of those guys. You're a culture guy. We want you here. We're going to win some games. We're going to change things up here. You know what it's like when it's good. We're going to do it, man, and we need you to do it. Why wouldn't I focus on that? Like, why, as a fan, do you want to talk about the negatives constantly? Why, as a fan, do you want to focus on the issues? Why, as a fan, do you want to focus on the culture and the history? Yes, the Lions have been probably the biggest joke in sports, and I've said it myself, the biggest joke in sports, at least in North America, for the last ever But in the year 2022, in a brand new season, in the second year of a new regime, why do we still want to talk about that? If we start this year off and we're 0-10, Hutchinson's awful, Jamison Williams is awful, everyone's terrible, okay, fine, fine. Maybe then we can start to, you know, naysay some guys. Maybe we can get a little angry. Maybe we can talk about how the Lions and their culture, same old Lions, they're never going to fix it. Until that happens, why not? be a little positive about it. So that's what I want to do. It's funny. And I I wanted to say all that, obviously, because of last week's episode where I was just fucking hurt. I mean, I just, I was in a shitty mood after that Tigers game, which understandably, right? I am human, but I also wanted to address it because in the TikToks where I am more like, I don't know, flamboyant's the right word. (laughs) I think it kind of is though. But I'm more just ridiculous and I kind of talk out of my ass and just say things. And it is more clickbaity where I'm Aaron Rodgers will be a lion. The Lions are going to win the North. The Lions just had the best draft of all time. Whatever. I'm much more hyperbolic and just ridiculous and off the wall because if I came on and said, well, the Lions had a C minus draft, they should go eight and eight, and um, it should be a fine season. That TikTok's going to get seven views. When I do the more hyperbolic, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want the smoke. The Vikings stink and the Bears are the only franchise worse than the Lions. That's how you get attention. That's how I bring you guys here. But a lot of the reason I wanted to just go on that tangent about being positive is because that's why I am that way on there. I want to spread the let's go Lions mentality. I want to get people excited about the Detroit Red Wings. I want to fire you up to watch the Tigers tomorrow if I can. When Michigan State rolls around, I want every single Spartan in in America to see my video and go, let's fucking go. I'm going to be planted on my couch no later than 11.59 a.m. tomorrow to watch the Michigan State Spartans because this guy just gassed me up. I believe. I love sports. It's only going to be great. That's the effect I want to have. I want to fire people up. I want to give you positive vibes. I want you to believe in the Lions like I do because naysaying and shit talking and poo-pooing something before they've even had a chance is doing nobody any favors. Nobody any favors. It's a tale as old as time. Don't knock it until you try it. Ripping on Dan Campbell, ripping on the Lions because they're the Lions. Oh, who cares about the draft? They're still the Lions. They'll screw it up. Like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Aiden Hutchinson has never been a part of the Lions. Jamison Williams has never been part of the Lions. Josh Pascal never. Like, come on, bro. It's the second year Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are here. It's their first full offseason of being able to mold the culture and bring in some guys that they want. And now the returning guys know the scheme. They know the mentality. They know how it's going to be, the energy. Like, come on, bro. You really want to sit here and talk about, David, what a game's 91. Like, come on. 
dog. Don't put that shit on the new guys. Don't put that shit on Aiden Hutchinson, on Amon Ra, St. Brown, on DeAndre Swift. Just because they haven't been great for the last however many years doesn't mean this new crop of guys can't do something different. This new crop of guys with a new regime and a new mentality and energy can't change what we've been trying to for my entire life. Like, come on, bro. At least give it a chance. If it happens that they go 10 games without a W, if it happens that everyone stinks, if it happens that it's the same old Lions, then guess what? I'll be wearing my same old Lions t-shirt and I'll be right here with you with the trash bag over my head. But until then, give them a chance because it's all you can do. It's the only thing that's going to remotely help. Being a dickhead and negative doesn't help anybody. So on that note, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Let's talk about this draft. Let's talk about, I I don't know. I I was going to say the most exciting thing that's happened in the Detroit sports landscape for some time. I don't know how true that is. A Cade was huge, right? Cade was fucking awesome. Um, As far as the Red Wings, Cider and Raymond have been great, but that wasn't like a one big moment arrival type deal. The biggest moment for the Lions, a huge, like, put the league on notice, national talking head saying the Lions, what a draft, A-plus for the Lions. Incredible move, incredible deal the Lions made with Minnesota. People that don't talk about the Lions, and if they do, it's to rip them apart, talking about how great of a job the Lions did. People who don't talk about players on the Lions, unless it's for negative reasons, talking about Aiden Hutchinson and Jamison Williams. They got the best pass rusher in the draft and probably the best wide receiver in the draft, depending on who you talk to. What a job for Brad Holmes. It's tough to ignore that. It really is. And hand up, hand up. I'll be honest with you. I didn't love the Jamison pick. I didn't. I still don't necessarily love it. And I'll tell you why. I like it. I'm very fired up about it. I think it's going to benefit the Lions. I mean, if he comes back healthy, you just have a guy who – Bro, Jamison Williams' tape, please watch the tape if you haven't. This guy's tape, they just say, all right, said hit Jamison, go fucking straight, and it'll be a touchdown. And this guy goes, yep, bet. Just goes in a straight line. All of a sudden, he's 10 yards behind everybody on the field. Touchdown. It's ridiculous watching him play. It's ridiculous watching him run. I, I think, like, you, you put him loose. It's an antelope. It's Jamison Williams, and it's a starving lion. In a savanna, I think that antelope's getting eaten before Jamison is. Honest to God. I mean, this guy flies around the field. It looks like Manza's wearing ice skates and everybody else has cinder blocks tied to their cleats. It's ridiculous. And he's not going against community college safeties. It's LSU's safeties. It's Texas A&M's safeties. It's Georgia's safeties. That ju- It's set hit. They have a 15-yard cushion. Wait, what? He's in the end zone? What? It's that Louis Cena who just got taken by the Vikings looking behind him. Like, was that the fucking flash? Who the, who that guy, Alabama, that guy's on Springs in his knees. He's not even on, does he have blade runner? What is, who is that guy? What's comic book did he evolve from and come play football at Alabama? That's the guy they got with Jamison, which is beyond exciting. There's nothing better than drafting electric guys. It gets the fan base riled up. I'm going to be excited to watch his debut whenever that comes. I just don't think the only reason I didn't like it, I loved the move. I love the aggression moving up 20 spots and just making something happen. Fuck it, dude. Fuck it. 
We we're the lions. We've waited around plenty of times. We've been patient plenty of times. You got a vision, Brad Holmes. You want to make something happen. You got a plan. Fucking go, go. If the Vikings are going to help you achieve it, fucking go, dude. Act now. Ask for forgiveness later, or whatever the fuck that expression is. The only reason I'm a little hesitant on it, the only reason I didn't love the pick, I love the move. The only reason I didn't totally love the pick, I just feel like wide receiver has the least bearing on winning games of any position in the NFL, outside of the punter, I suppose. I like offensive line, you need those to win, right? Tight ends, I guess maybe, but tight ends block too. And when you get a tight end who's an absolute mismatch, those dudes are problems, okay? Running backs, probably in a similar boat to wide receiver, but I do feel you have one dominant running back, they have more of an impact than one receiver of your three or four being dominant. It's a lot easier to go, all right, we'll just, you know, we'll have a guy on Jamison Williams and have a safety over top at all times. It's a lot easier to do that than go, we have to keep eight people in the box to stop Adrian Peterson. Otherwise he's going to get first down on every three set or every three play drive. It's a lot easier to take care of a wideout than it is an entire run game. Right. And then defense. I think linebacker is more important, obviously defensive line. I think secondary, I just think wide receivers and we saw it with Amon Ra last year. I think you can find them pretty easily. Now you don't find Julio Jones you don't find Calvin Johnson pretty easily. You don't find the best wide receivers in football that easily. But you can find good ones fairly easily. Amon Ra had a great year. Amon Ra is a good football player. What was he? Third round pick? Fourth round pick? That's not a big deal. He wasn't trading up 20 spots to the 12th overall pick and taking for it. Like, third round guy. He was very good last year. Now, Jamison should be and will be better than Amon Ra. They're different types of players. Jamison is, I'm going to score a touchdown every time I touch the ball. Amon Ra is, I'll get open for an eight-yard out every single time if you need me to. They're different players. Jamison's upside's much higher. Jamison brings way more to the table, and I understand. And it is, like, again, he's going to help the Lions win games. I'm not saying, oh, it doesn't, doesn't even matter that they got Jamison. It for sure does. I just think, what would help the Lions more? You get Jamison Williams there? Or you get Kyle Hamilton. You get Jamison Williams there, or you get the best linebacker in the draft. You get Jamison Williams there, or you get the next best pass rusher. Like, there are a couple things where it's like, ah, I wanted Kyle Hamilton. That's the guy. When they made the trade, I was like, holy shit, we just got Kyle Hamilton, and then they took Jamison. That was my only complaint. Because look, dude, it sucks that I'm about to say this, but it's a fact We had Kelvin Johnson, one of, if not the best wide receiver to ever play football. Top two, Jerry Rice and Kelvin. We had him for, what, eight years, nine years, with Matthew Stafford throwing him the ball. Much better quarterback than Jared, no disrespect, although, right? And we never won a playoff game. Oh. Oh. Oof. You know what we didn't have during those years was a top, top end pass rusher, top, top end safety, top, top end linebacker. Tolick was good. DeAndre Levy was good. We had Calvin Johnson. We had one of the best who's ever strapped him up. 
couldn't win one playoff game. One. So that's kind of my thought. And they didn't have a run game. The offensive line wasn't what it should be this year. I understand all of that. But the point remains, we had top two greatest wide receiver of all time in Detroit for eight or nine years, whatever it was, and didn't win a single playoff game. Not a one playoff game. Jamison Williams, hope to God, he lives up to what Calvin Johnson did. I, that's best case scenario. But even in the case, he's a Julio Jones. He's a Devontae Adams, studs. I, it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, we're going to win playoff games. That's not what that means, according to history. It's just not. Yeah, he'll be better. Our offense will be better because he's on the team, but he's not going to go out and win games on his own. It's just, it's it won't do it, or he won't win enough, or he won't win the biggest ones. Like, it just... I saw it with literally one of the best who's ever done it. Just not how it works. So that's why I wanted Kyle Hamilton. And I wanted to address the defense because I think coming into this draft, the defense was the glaring weakness. We do need wide receiver help, or we did need wide receiver help, most certainly. On the offensive side, wide receiver was far and away the weakest position group. So, you know, drafting an offensive player, it's good that they drafted a top-end wide receiver. I just think we need the help on defense. Kyle Hamilton, I think, is going to be a stud. And the fact that Baltimore picked him up, it's like, fucking go figure. Of course, now he's a guarantee to be a Hall of Famer. I think Kyle Hamilton will be a stud. He's good in the run game. He's good in the pass game. He's just a savage. He's one of those guys who's everywhere all at once. Shout out that movie that I haven't seen. Um, I wanted Hamilton. So when they did take Jamison, I was like, ah, okay, fine, wide receiver. Ah, but I'll live with it. And that's the moral of the story, too. Here we are, a week later. I'm fucking fired up about it. I'm happy we have Jamison. He's going to be exciting as hell to watch play football. And I'm all aboard Team Jamison now. I trust Brad Holmes. I trust Dan Campbell. I understand. I trust the vision. Whatever they want to do, dude, I'm in. I'll ride with it until the end. And, of course, they knocked it out of the park with Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson, I can't believe the Jaguars took Walker. I mean, take talk about taking the fucking bait, dude. Are you serious, Jacksonville? Are you serious, Jacksonville? You just got smokescreen, brah. Aiden Hutchinson, the hometown kid, Michigan Wolverine, and now he's going to play Sundays at Ford Field for the Detroit Lions. That's the coolest shit I've ever heard. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, he said after, he was like, man, I really wanted Detroit to take me. I was hoping the entire process that they would. Like, that fucking gives me chills. Does Aaron, our number two overall pick, say that? The number two overall pick said, I wanted Detroit to take me the entire time. He's a hometown guy. This kid grew up watching the Lions. He understands. He's me, pretty much. He's me if I was 6'4 and jacked and could sack the shit out of a quarterback. He knows what the Lions mean to Detroit. He knows the culture surrounding the Lions in Detroit. He knows the stigma. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows the fan base. He knows the city, how badly we want a winner, how much we love football. He knows. He understands and he gets it, which I love. I think he's a guy who's going to fit in perfectly with Dan Campbell's energy and just the way he seems and, and runs things. Um, and the guy's a fucking animal. What else do you need to say? He gets to the quarterback. He plays the most important position on the field outside of the quarterback, and he's excellent at it. Like, how could you be upset? And again, I mean, I don't want to keep harping on other media people, but I saw people like, oh, it's a bad pick. Oh, he's stubby arms. Oh, he was overrated. 
I, if you're a Michigan State fan, I'm a Michigan State guy. Graduated in 2019. Go green. If you're a Michigan State fan and you're sitting here poking holes in Aiden Hutchinson, oh, he's not that good. Oh, it's because he had Ojabo on the other side. Oh, no, he, you know, Ohio State's offensive line was whatever. If you're poking holes and oh, dominated by Georgia because you're a Michigan State fan, dude, can you please just shut up? Can you please shut up? It's the one thing Michigan State fans, Michigan fans, handshake Detroit Lions football. The Lions are greater than both of those things. It's bigger than that. I don't care where this dude went to college. Like I said, he could have gone to fucking Hogwarts. I don't care. He could have been playing defensive end for, what's his name, Salvaris Snape? I don't care, bro. He could have been Voldemort's defensive coordinator. I don't give a shit. He's wearing the Honolulu blue now, and I want this guy to dominate in all facets of life. I want him to have the best breakfast, lunch, and dinner of his life every single day. I want him to lift the most weights possible every single day. I want him to watch an insane amount of film every single day. I want this guy to be the greatest pass rusher who's ever lived someday. That's where I'm at. And the Lions got a steal. Hutchinson at two is a steal. He's the exact position we needed. He's awesome at it. He understands Michigan. He understands Detroit. He's going to be a perfect culture fit. And then they get Josh Pascal with that second round pick, another pass rusher, another interior D-line guy who apparently was kind of a monster at Kentucky. I didn't know shit about him before we took him. It was a great draft. It was a great draft. Kirby Joseph, the safety from Illinois, apparently at some someone said had a second-round grade on him. Yep, I'll take that. Um, the tight end, whatever, fine, don't care. I, I love the early picks. I love the critical picks where you need those guys to hit. Love what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell did. I feel like this season's going to be different. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll win double-digit games. I don't know if this offensive line and the run game will pan out and the front four will pan out and Jared Goff will improve and St. Brown and Hawk. I don't know. What I do know is I feel really good about the Detroit Lions. I don't know how you couldn't. I feel like they're going to be competitive every single week this year. I feel like they're going to win – a good number of games this year. I feel like they're going to have a great chance against all the NFC North opponents this year. I think they're going to have a chance to potentially win the division at the end of the season. It's going to be a fun year. It's going to be, we got hard knocks coming up, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, year two, the Ascension. This year will be the Ascension and I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see these rookies. It's going to be beautiful. All right, quick break and we'll be right back. Da 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 da. The Detroit Tigers suck ass at baseball. Da 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 da. Nobody team on this team can make contact with a goddamn baseball. Da 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 da. They suck ass. Da 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 da. Remember when we said this would be the year they return to relevancy? They're not even going to come close, or at least they haven't shown signs of it yet. Da 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 da. If Javi Baez wasn't on the team, my high school squad would beat them. Da 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 da. It's the motherfucking Detroit. Detroit stinks. God damn it. Do you know how much I hate the fact that I just came up with a Grammy award winning or at least nominated potential spoof to a Snoop D-O-double-G song revolving around the Detroit Tigers and their inadequacies on the baseball field? Do you know how that makes me feel inside? Do you know how much trouble I have sleeping at night knowing this this mix of of hip hop and R and B and Mozart and Newton and Einstein and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Eminem exists inside my brain. 
but only as it pertained to the Detroit Tigers being fucking garbage. Do you know how much I hate it? This beautiful gift, this curse. I don't know. I don't really know what to say about the tags. I mean, I know what to say. I just said it. I turned it into a song. They're terrible. They're a joke. They're the worst team in the American League. The second or third worst team in all of baseball. They just split today with the worst team in baseball, the worst franchise in baseball, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the only reason they won the first game was because the Pirates did what the Pirates do and made a horrible, horrible error that cost them two runs and ultimately lost them the game to the Detroit Tigers. This team is just bad, dude. This team's just bad. And you know what sucks is it's not all bad. I think the starting pitching has been okay. It's nothing but like no lights out. It's not Verlander, Scherzer, Price, nothing crazy, right? It's not the workhorses that are going to carry you to a playoff run. No, no, no. But it's been fine. The bullpen's been real good. The bullpen cost them the second game today, but who cares? That happens. For the most part this season, the usual Achilles heel of the Detroit Tigers, the bullpen, has been pretty good. They've done their jobs. They've held close leads. They've gotten outs when they needed to. Fulmer is insane right now. 22 straight innings without a run. Unbelievable. These guys couldn't hit a baseball off of a fucking tee. They really couldn't. These guys couldn't hit a baseball if it was the size of a beach ball. They really couldn't. These guys wouldn't be able to hit a baseball if the opposing pitcher was forced to throw it underhand and they got seven strikes instead of three. These guys would lose in the first round of the playoffs at Michigan State's intramural softball games this spring. These guys stink at the plate. They stink at the plate. And you can't argue otherwise. There's really nothing to say. Like, honest to God, honest to God, I can count. So I was at the Dodgers game this past weekend, which was awesome. I was at the Saturday game where the Tigers miraculously won. Um, If Javi Baez wasn't on the Tigers, would they have a win? Opening day, Javi. I think game two or game three, they had another win very close to the start of the year. That was Javi. Saturday, Javi's double down the line, won it. And then today, Javi, the infield hit or error, whatever, won it. Four games. I think they've won seven this season, maybe eight. Four of them directly because of Javi Baez. Baseball is not a sport where one guy is supposed to just carry you. Baseball isn't a sport where one guy is supposed to be the sole reason you win games, unless it's Walker Bueller just dealing. If you're a position player, you're not supposed to be the sole person responsible for supplying five runs a game, for supplying enough runs to win the game. That's not how it works in baseball. Meadows, all due respect, Meadows has been good too. This team stinks. Jonathan Scope, horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. What happened to him? I mean, he can't even, like, he legitimately can't even hit the ball. Uh, metaphorically, a lot of the other guys that can't hit it are just weak little ground outs, pop-ups, stink, whatever. Jonathan Scope actually can't hit the baseball. Candelario, horrible. Haven't seen him barrel one up all season long. Miggy, he's old. He's Miggy. He got his milestones, I guess, whatever, free pass. Torkelson struggled. He's been better. What I like about Torkelson is, is that bats at least seem productive. 
He draws some walks. He sees a couple pitches. He takes hacks. Like, Scope and Candelario, it feels like they're just warm bodies that go up there. It looks like A.J. Hinge looks around the dugout and goes, you two, you guys got pulses, right? Fucking pick up a piece of wood and go stand there for a couple pitches. That's honest to God what it feels like for those two. Um, Like I said, Badu, not good. Um, Who else? Robbie, not good. Barnhart, not good. Haas, horrible since opening day. Pretty much everybody that isn't named Austin Meadows or Javi Baez has been terrible. And the worst part is, like, it sucks that they're losing all these games. But the worst part is they're losing them because they can't score one goddamn run. They're losing three to one, two to zero, four to two. They can't score for the fucking life of them. Okay. I'd still be pissed if they had the same record and they were losing every night 10 to eight. But at least you can watch that. At least I can turn the game on and go, all right, well. That was kind of fun when the Tigers batted. Like, it, the game stinks. The game stinks. Mize and Manning are both hurt. So, unless it's Scooble, I'm not super interested in whoever's pitching. I guess Erod is a little interesting. But even then, eh, not really. Not like those other guys. And when they hit, you take a nap, dude. Run some errands. Bake a fucking cupcake. I don't care. But nothing's going to happen. I promise you that. You got a better chance of hitting the Mega Millions tomorrow than you do the Tigers putting up over four runs. Honestly. It's pathetic. It's pathetic, dude. Especially because you looked at the team last year and we were having these exact conversations last year. It was, all right, the team got off to a terrible start and maybe they will turn it around and win 140 games in a row and win the World Series. Maybe. I would be surprised. Um, but we were having conversations last year where it was like, oh, these, they, you know, Tigers kind of got some pieces. Scope's been great. Candelario's been good. Haas is kind of a nice find. But dude's been really good. You get a couple bat. You bring up Torque. You bring up Green, who I know has been injured. You sign a, a free agent, maybe two. This lineup, all of a sudden, that they can score some runs. Those are some bats in there. Those are guys that can hit the ball. That's exactly what happened. Torque's on the team. Riley Green will join the team, hopefully, within the next couple weeks. They added Austin Meadows. They added Javi Baez. And it was like, coming into the season, like, oh, shit. I was I was expecting, and I I would have guessed that the lineup before the free agent signings would score some runs this year. And then you add Javi Baez and Austin Meadows, yeah, we're going to score some runs this year. The Tigers will put up some runs. We're going to be kind of a tough team to play. The opposing pitcher is not going to be happy anymore when he gets to face the Detroit Tigers. Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal aren't going to have to pitch seven innings, one earned to have a chance at winning these games. Like we'll we'll put up six runs for you. We'll put up five, six, seven, eight runs for you. Yeah, let's line up. We'll move some guys around the bases. We'll do some things. We'll have some guys with some nice RBI numbers when it's all said and done. Nope. What a dumb thing to think. Nope. The exact opposite, actually. And thank God they made those free agent signings because if they didn't, I'm convinced this team wouldn't have scored. Like, we would never run this year. If the Detroit Tigers hadn't signed Javi Baez, hadn't signed Austin Meadows, I don't think they would have a run this season. They would lose every single game 3-0. It'd be fucking hockey. 3-0, 2-0, 4-0 with the occasional 11-0 sprinkled in. They wouldn't have a run if Javi, Javi Baez wasn't on the team. And oh yeah, their shortstop would have 10 more errors if it wasn't Javi Baez. He's been magnificent both at the plate and in the field. The bullpen's been great. The best they've been like in my lifetime. 
starting pitching has been fine and they can't score a run. The same lineup that could do it a little bit last year. They weren't, you know, they weren't world beaters. They weren't the best lineup in baseball. They weren't the Chicago White Sox, but they could score some runs. They'd string innings together. They'd hang a few crooked numbers. That same lineup can't do a thing this year. And the only changes that have been made are we signed the shortstop, who's been awesome, and Javi Baez, and we traded for an outfielder in Austin Meadows, who's been very good. And nobody else can do a thing. Now, I don't have a whole lot more to say about the Tigers because it has been a positive episode. I've enjoyed being positive. I've enjoyed thinking happy thoughts and talking about the Lions and the draft in the future. What I'll leave the Tigers on is this. By no means is this season over, right? Like they got a lot of baseball to be played. We've already said Mize, Manning, Green, guys will be coming back from injury. Hopefully, statistically, you would think, dude, law of large numbers, Torkelson has to turn it around eventually. Scope, Candelar, like these guys have to hit the ball eventually. They literally have to. They they have to because numbers exist, because math is real. They have to hit the ball eventually, I think. I, I'm sure they'll start winning some games eventually. But, dude, it, I, it, like, I'm just out. Like, I'm just out. Chris Castellani at Barstool, the man, by the way. Um, highly recommend you follow him. He's been saying something that I've said a long time now for like the last year or two, really since I started the podcast. And I would always talk about this in the offseason where it's like, all right, fucking here we go again. Year five of the rebuild, year six of the rebuild. I would always say this. I understand the rebuild. Like it's good. You want to be bad because you want to get high draft picks. And then that's how you get better. I get it. For all these teams, for the Pistons, Tigers, Red Wings, everyone. Lions, obviously, fuck. I understand. But Chris has been talking about this a lot recently, which it is people are going to stop caring. Like, it's just a fact that people will stop caring. And Chris is the most diehard Tigers fan I know of, right? I like the Tigers. I'm a fan of the Tigers. Did I watch them today? I was at work. No. Will I watch them tomorrow if they play while I'm at work? No. If they play when I'm home from work, I'll like have them on in the background, maybe watch a few innings. I'm not by any means super, super diehard. I I watched them the first couple weeks of the season when they weren't the worst. But what's going to start happening is people will stop caring. And unless they're a person like Chris who just loves baseball, lives, eats, breathes baseball, needs to watch every single day, people like me, I'm just going to stop watching. I'm going to stop caring because why would I care about a team that's in the seventh year of a rebuild made moves to get better, which you can't fault Chris Illich. You cannot fault Alavila. They brought up their two young studs in Torgelson and Green, and they made two moves for Baez and Meadows and Barnhart and Eduardo Rodriguez. You cannot blame them. These guys just are playing like a bunch of losers. Honestly, I mean, that's what it is. They're playing like fucking losers. I don't know if A.J. Hinch, uh, what he, tricks he has up his sleeves. These guys are playing like losers. What's going to happen is people will stop caring. And over time, you stack enough of these seasons on top of each other. Last year, nobody cared except for that little run they went on after the All-Star break. The year before that, nobody cared. The year before that, nobody cared. I don't think anybody's really, really cared, the casual fan. And by really, really cared, I mean paid attention, followed, watched the games from game one through 162, usually by game. Like, what was it? But last year, after that all-star run they went on, I 
Tigers just don't exist. Just kind of stop. Unless I'm going to the game to hang out, eh, stop paying attention. When you stack these years on top of each other of, oh, it's 20 games in, who cares? 30 games in, whatever. People will just stop to care about the Tigers altogether. And that's where I'm not stopping caring about the Tigers altogether, but my patience has run out. I'm not interested in waiting around till game 60 to see if these guys turn it around. Hey, if they turn it around and I look up in July and they're 500, all right, we'll fucking hop back in. I'll start watching the Tigers again. But until they show me that, I'm just going to stop wasting my time because it is just that, a waste of time. Year seven of the rebuild, and they're only getting worse somehow. They're only getting worse. This team has been a mega disappointment. They play the most boring style of baseball you could play. Like, if you're going to lose, at least score some fucking runs. They can't even do that. Everybody that should be something is nothing. People are getting injured. There's just, like all that excitement we had coming into the season and then opening day and then Miguel Cabrera hitting 3,000. All of that excitement and the, the Comerica, there's people at the park. People are talking about the Tigers. People are buying Tigers merch that I'm making. Everyone's fired up. We want to watch baseball. I got the games on during the day. Like, let's do it. Let's win some games. Let's be competitive for all 162. Have me watching Tigers games in September going, all right, we're only two and a half back of the White Sox. Here we go, boys. Get me there. And they just don't seem like they're going to. So I'm going to stop hanging on. I'm going to stop hoping and praying and wishing and thinking, oh, no, they'll do it. They'll do it. They'll do it. Fucking 50 years later. I'm just done. I'm done with it. They turn it around. I'll be back. Until then, I just can't. I can't do it with this team. I just can't. Also, shout out to me that they won that game in Los Angeles Saturday. Um, Clayton Kershaw broke the Los Angeles Dodgers strikeout record, which was sick, by the way. I love in baseball how – I'm not a Dodgers fan, obviously. I love in baseball how records like that, like Miguel hitting 3,000, just real recognizes real. Like Kershaw hit that uh, whatever number strikeout it was. Game stops, whole stadium, stand and oh. I'm sitting there. I'm a Detroit fan out there. Don't care about the Dodgers. I'm giving them the hat tip. Clayton, you're the fucking man. Clayton, Clayton, you're the man. Like, just, I love the the class. Just the etiquette, like, oh, uh, I'm a Tigers fan, but record? I'm going to stand up. I'm going to clap. I'm going to shake hands with the Dodger fan next to me. Also, awesome fact, when we were leaving, the Tigers were up 5-1, walking up, just boo, everybody, all the Dodgers fans, boo. I was like, I took my hat off again. I go, thanks for having us. It was a pleasure kicking the fuck out of you. We'll see you Sunday. And then they killed us Sunday. But that was kind of a nice moment. I get it. I get it, dude. I get why the Joker wants to blow up hospitals. I get why the Riddler's obsessed with leaving notes for the Batman. I understand why the Penguin is running the iceberg lounge. Like I get it, dude. Being a villain's kind of fun. Walking out of that stadium with people, boo, boo, the Tigers suck. Walking out of that stadium, feeling that, knowing the Tigers were up. I, I, it like boo. I'm sitting there like, yeah, fucking louder, louder. I can't hear shit. You call that a boo? You, I thought Dodgers fans were supposed to be kind of, you know, kind of confrontational. I thought Dodgers fans had a little edge to them. That's weak. Felt good. I don't, I don't blame. The Joker for those scars on his face. You want to know how I got these scars? The Detroit Tigers beat the Dodgers in Los Angeles. And I was at the game and the crowd booed me as I left. 
that's how I got these scars. Like Chris Nolan, maybe throw that. I don't know. You ever remake the dark Knight? throw that line in there. I could see it. I understand. I kind of get it. The villain effect is kind of nice. I understand. Okay. That's enough tigers. Last topic on the agenda today, Jeff Blashill. It's going to be flipping patties. <laughs> no, mean, 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 mean. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Jeff Blashill is no longer the coach of the Detroit Red Wings. He met, No, he's not the coach. Michigan State already hired a guy. I was going to say MSU might re- reach out to him, but Michigan State just hired Adam like Van Bright or something. Is that his name? Something like that. Um, Blashill's out, though. Blashill's out. That's all you needed to hear of that last couple of minutes. Blashill's out, and it's fucking great. It's glorious. It was the right move. It's a year overdue. I love a couple things. Steve Eiserman, classy move to Jeff. Like Jeff Blashill always seemed like a great guy, seemed to like coaching Detroit, seemed to like being in Detroit. Um, I never heard anyone like complain or saw any quotes of him being a dickhead. Like he always seemed like a good dude. I assume the players and everybody liked him. He just didn't get it done. He had eight years. Nothing ever came of it. He didn't coach the best teams in his defense, right? He never had the most talent. But eight years, this year you got a little bit of an influx of talent and it tapered off so dramatically at the end of the year where it was kind of like, yeah, Jeff, like appreciate it, but, you know, it's time. And I said it in the middle of the season. I probably said it before this season. I certainly said it after last season. I wanted Blash gone once Raymond and Sider got here. So coming into the season, I would have preferred someone else to be coaching the Red Wings. And more than anything, like forget the tactics, forget being a hockey coach, forget how he gets along aside. I just wanted this new era of Red Wings hockey. Like if it goes as it's expected to, and we've been ex- planning and Iserman, you know, if Cider and Raymond and Larkin and Bertuzzi and Verana and Berggren coming up and Edvinson and all these guys can elevate the Red Wings and fulfill their potential. And we're back to being that perennial playoff contender and hopefully Stanley cup contender. If and when that happens, I don't really want it to be Jeff Blasio. I, I don't. I didn't even want the beginning of that phase to be Blasio. Like I want the day that Steve Eiserman looks at the team and goes, "All right, guys, we've tanked. We've gotten our draft picks. We've gotten our young players. Starting today, starting this season, we are going to try and win every single hockey game we play. Every time I make a move, I'm going to try to make the hockey team better." Picks will be sacrificed. Younger players will be sacrificed. Anything. Whenever we do anything around the Red Wings, it's going to be so we can win a Stanley Cup. Whenever that day occurred, and I believe it had already occurred, I believe it had occurred last offseason, naming Larkin the captain, bringing up Raymond, bringing up Cider, making moves for guys like Nicoletti, Nedeljkovic, Verana. I think it already had happened last offseason. But what I wanted was the day that move was made, when the day that decision came, okay, someone other than Blasio. Nothing against Jeff, just someone else. Like a changing of the guard, a new era, fresh blood. The Blasio era was the era of the rebuild. Yeah, he never had great teams to coach. He never got it done. They kind of go hand in hand. That's tough shit. I mean, he got to be an NHL coach for seven, eight years. He got to make a shit ton of money. Not bad, dude. You're an original six coach. You've won that. He's at Western. You won in Grand Rapids. You'll get another job somewhere. Like, fucking, there are worse places to be. I just wanted Blashill to be the rebuild era, and I wanted someone else to be 
the recontending era, the recontention era, whatever the right word would be. And, you know, Blashill only drifted in for a year. I just don't I, – I never liked Blashill's tactics. The dump and chase and his emphasis on it always rubbed me the wrong way. The way he seemed to handle a guy struggling, especially young guys like Zadina, never loved the way he handled him. Larkin at times, Bertuzzi at times. Just the way – you have a couple bad games and now you're playing on the third line with dudes who have fucking bricks for hands. Like, don't love that. That happened to Zadina a bunch this year. He's on a cold streak. All right, let's put him with fucking Mitch Stevens on a line. Let's put him with Adam Ernie and Rasmussen. Rasmussen heated up. Ernie's a fine player. That's not going to help him any. I never loved, yeah, like I said, the dump and chase on the power play. Just turn it over. That's your offensive strategy, Jeff. It's five on four. You have players like Dylan Larkin and Bertuzzi and Sider, and your offensive strategy is just fucking give it to them. Just throw the puck in their zone. And hope that they make a bad pass. Hope that they mishandle it. Hope you check them before that. Like, that's the strategy, Jeff. Never understood that. And I always felt like he was a conservative coach. Like, he was always more um, more partial to let's park the bus versus let's try and score goals. Which I didn't love. I, I always try to score goals. Unless you're up 4 nothing and there's two minutes left, try to score goals. All sports. Football, I hate when teams park the bus. It always costs them. Hockey, hate when you park the bus. Baseball, I guess, is a little different. Basketball, also a little different. It, it's time, though. The Blashill experiment, it was time. Um, I, I, like, well, how much else is there to say about it, right? It was the right move. I think it should have been done a year later, but I like that Steve did it right off the rip. Season ended. Jeff, thanks for everything. You're gone. Just get it out of the way. For his sake, for the Red Wings' sake, for the players' sake, if Steve wants to make some moves in free agency here, if Steve wants to make a couple deal deals here, those guys know they won't be being coached by Jeff Blashill. Maybe you ask Larkin, you ask Sider, you get a little input. Maybe these guys know some things. Now there's also hot names tied to the Red Wings that are in coaching. Igor Larionov, the professor, former Red Wing, has been incredible in Russia. Sergei Fedorov, I believe, coaches – the Russian, like one of the Russian Olympic teams. He's been awesome. Richard Gronberg, um, I think that's his name. The guy, I think he's the coach of Sweden, Team Sweden. He's also been a name thrown around. There are guys with credibility that have been linked to the Red Wings in the past. Obviously, Fedorov and Larionov. Gronberg, a lot of Swedes on the team, and there will be even more in the future. Would make sense. There are nice options out there for Steve. I like that he made this move early because now he can the full process. He can do his full vetting. Any coach out there, too, if you are Gronberg, if you are Larianov, if they're going to hear from other teams, hey, you know the Red Wings job's open. You might be hearing from whoever. You might be hearing from the Arizona Coyotes. Listen, could be the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes at fucking Arizona State's a rink, or you could go coach an original six team. Oh, and by the way, the, na- the nickname is Hockey Town. You, you take your pick. Take your pick. I think it's a good move. I don't know. I don't know, again, like hockey is is interesting. I don't know how much your coach really, really affects winning and losing in hockey. I'm sure it does. I mean, it has an effect, certainly. I don't know how much the tactics have an effect. Like it's baseball to an extent. You either have good players or you don't. I think the tactics do influence it. I just don't know to what degree. Next year, you would think Bergeron will be up. Hopefully, Edvinson will be up. 
Hopefully Steve Eiserman maybe goes after a free agent that can help win. Maybe makes a deal for somebody. You would think the roster will only get better next year. And I hope they bring in a coach who's hungry to win, a coach who has a mentality of we're going to play to win, not play not to lose. We're going to let our young skill players be creative and do what they do best, create, make plays. We are going to feed goal scorers, Jakob Vrana, Philip Zadina. We are going to give them opportunities with other highly skilled players. We will not bury them on the third and, third and fourth line because they've had two bad games. We are going to be patient with these kids that are 19, 20, 21 years old. And we're going to try and win as many games as we possibly can. That's who I hope they get as the next coach. I don't know enough about Larianov and Fedorov and Gronberg as coaches. I don't really know about them as people even. Um, I obviously love the two Red Wings connections. I love that they've been successful in Russia. I think Gronberg's been real successful in Sweden as well. So I'm excited. Whoever they get, it's it's similar to the Lions. Whoever Steve Eiserman taps, it's Steve Eiserman, bro. Like, you just got selected by the Godfather. I'm fucking cool with you, dog. You may as well be Scotty Bowman. If Steve Eiserman wants you to coach the Red Wings, wants you to coach all these first-round picks he made, you just got tapped by an angel, brother. I'm going to ride with whoever it is. I just like that. It's a new era. It's a fresh start. The Jeff Blaschel thing, I don't know if it got old with the players and with the the franchise. It certainly got old with the fans. So I'm glad to see, and I'm glad Steve can kind of it's, – it's good to see that he has his hand on the pulse. And I'm excited to move on. I'm excited to see what the team looks like next year. I'm excited to see moves being made. And again, similar to the Lions, <laughs> we're going on year eight. I hope this team can at least compete for 82 next year. They did it until the end of February this year. Get me to the end of April next year. Compete for 82. Make me think. Keep it interesting in the playoff race. Please. Find your coach. Win games. Please. All right. That's all I got today, folks. Um, Appreciate everyone listening. This episode will be on YouTube. I'm uploading all of these on YouTube now, so subscribe there. If you like to watch your podcasts, The channel is the second string. Everything I'm doing, all the podcasts, everything's going up on YouTube nowadays. So go there if you you prefer to watch. Um, Apple, Spotify, you already found the podcast if you're just listening. TheSecondString.com. Check out the shirts. I'm going to have a Hutch, Jamison Williams, Detroit Lions shirt go up as soon as possible. Hopefully, you're hearing this Thursday. Hopefully, either today or tomorrow. The uh, first round pick shirt will go up. It's going to be fire. So do not miss that. It's a must have. It's a must-have for the summer. It's a must-have for the fall. Like It's it's going to be a shirt, obviously a Lions shirt, but it's going to be a shirt you'll wear to the bar. It's The design's going to be unbelievable. So check that out. Um, more designs all the time on the thesecondstring.com. So just stay tuned. I appreciate the support. I appreciate everybody spreading the word, sending me messages, following along on the ride with me. Um, that's all I got this week. I'll see you guys next. Thank you.